At the age of 54, John O'Shea rose to the rank of third officer. Tony O'Shea says that his father could have remained in the fire service until he was 65, but decided to retire at the age of 59 to spend more time with his wife Patsy and family. That's right. He could have stayed until he was um, 65. He, he took up that position, uh, I think he was about 54, and he stayed in that position until he was 59. And as I said to you, like, that, that position, you couldn't stay until 65, but when he came home one Sunday afternoon up to Parklands, my mother was sitting down on her own. We, were, we all had left home and we were gone our own separate ways. And he came in and he said, like, what am I doing? You know, like, you're here. I'm inside there. It was a 24-hour shift, you know. Uh, so she'd be on her own for the day and that night. So he said, I'm going to hand in my resignation and retire. Which he could have, you know, mm-hmm. that was quite okay to do. So he did that and uh, he left when he was 59. And my mother passed away about 10 years later. So he was lucky to get that time with her. Like, I don't think he ever got over her death. So he was actually, he was glad that he went when he did go, you know. To emphasise how close they were, Sean mentioned earlier on, he said that your father always said, uh, Patsy and I were out last night. And he said he said it in such a manner as if he was speaking about one person. That's right, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were inseparable. Both were inseparable. I mean, like, you call up for the tea on a Sunday and you get both their stories for the week, you know, and, and they'd be chatting to each other, you know, um, as if, as you said, they were one, you know. Um, but like as I said, when she when she passed away, he was lost, you know, and yeah. and it was then he got stuck into the book. When she died, he said, "Right, that's it." He says, "I'm going to do something with my time." And all the stories came together. And it was about two years after she died that the book came out, and he kind of dedicated it to her too, you know. That um, she advised him before not to do it, but uh, in the book he says, like as a mark of respect to her, he says, <laughs> "I said, right, this is my chance. That when she's not around, I'll do it," you know. And uh, I don't mean that in a bad way, but you know, he said, like all the work that I put into it. So he was delighted he did it, and it, the book went all over the world, actually. Um, people rang him from Australia, Canada, America, Germany, you know, um, complimenting on the book, you know, and it's a good read, it's a, it's a very good read, and um, I'm after reading about four or five times, you know, so it's an easy book to read because it's, it's, it's all short stories, there are some songs in it, and it's all sort of food recipes because he was a great cook, all the, you know, also like good chef and good cook. There's an ancient old place called the old Crabby Boy, where the Fenians of old they were trained and would drill. But the bravest of them all were the boys from Fair Hill. With me, the Daddy, the Daddy, the Lloyd George was a man possessed of great fame. He won the great wars, was a card in his name. If he won all the wars since our time did begin, he'd better keep clear from the boys from Fair Hill. With me, the dal daddy, the dal daddy, the dal days and the boys of Fair Hill. On the side of Fair Hill, there's the bowl of the cunning eye. A greater sportsman ever trod on the side. All over the country he's adored like a king, and he'll die on the field for the boys from Fair Hill. With me, the Daddy, the Daddy, the Daddy, and we bid him again. The 
great war by the German was planned And the sole reason why was to capture Ireland The Kaiser's ambition was never given Till he had a few points with the boys from Fair Hill With me Singing fireman John O'Shea with a song regularly associated with him. It's a song called Lloyd George. Well, as a writer and champion of local songs himself, Tim O'Reardon of Natural Gas was bound to have crossed paths with John R. at some stage. And as expected, Tim says it was a pleasant experience. The first time I met John R. was in a great session in Hickey's Bar in Aherlebo, Christmas time. I mean, it was organised by John's son, Brian, and uh, there was a great crowd of musicians there. A lot of the natural gas lads were there. Sean O'Shea was there, and John R. O'Shea was there, and it was my first time meeting him. Uh, Joe Murphy had played a few gigs with him but never had met him and I was kind of instantly struck by just the joy and the exuberance and the awe of the man and uh, it just seemed to uh, attract uh, he had quite a great stage presence and uh, seemed to uh, attract all this goodness I was instantly attracted to the man anyway He was well known of course as a historian and a storyteller as well and he combined that with the songs that he sang to him every song had a story and the story was almost as important as the song itself Yeah he had a great passion for songs all songs loads of Cork songs and unusual songs as well from that night now he sang old songs like uh, The Old Armchair and uh, Gold and Silver Days as well as singing uh, the great Cork classics uh, songs like The Armoured Car uh, he, that he'd have learned from um, Sean O'Callaghan and uh, that night he sang The Armoured Car I knew The Armoured Car uh, from Jimmy Crowley's recording but that night John R sang at least four extra verses that I had never heard and they were great verses and uh, I asked him for them and uh, he very straight away wrote down my address and uh, and I had them in the post the following day he was, was that kind of a guy very generous a great man to share the songs yeah that's what we're getting back on the programme is that any musician or singer that asked him for any song or words of any song he was more than generous and more than willing to give them to him yeah, I think, you know, he saw above everything that, the, you know, the songs were there to be passed on and he was really generous with his time and, like, the song was the most important thing with him. He was a great champion of my songs as well. While putting these two programmes together, I had the pleasure of reading John's book, Cork's Red City, the title coming from the red-tiled roofs of Gronobrahar in its early days. This is a book of true short stories of a childhood on Fair Hill and the wonderful, warm-hearted and witty people and characters who live there. Believe me, it's not necessary to have been born there or to have been born anywhere in the city or county to enjoy this book. 
And it's not just the wonderful stories of how a people survived in hard times and did so with such initiative and good humour, but the overall success of the book is down to the manner in which John O'Shea writes these stories. The book is currently out of print, but if there is a demand once again for the book, it will be reprinted. Fellow musician and friend John White says it's a book you can read a few chapters from, leave it down, and return to it whenever you so wish. I remember taking over one of his books to a friend of mine in England, and she has said to me down through the years that you could read the book for an hour, put it away for six months, and come back to it again, and start reading again. He had all different segments in his book. They were all stories, that, and they were true. There was no kind of... Making uh, up ones. No. And there was no boasting, and there was no bluffing in it. It was natural, as if the Kelly man would say, it was pure true. Pure true. A pure yeah. true, yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely. No, as I say, a very, very good friend to have. So ye travelled a lot together and performed a lot together, we so? Did. Yeah. We did, indeed. Well, there was, a, there was a lot of funny incidents, but there was one particular night, we were in Dunmore, and we'd go on that time, there'd be no rehearsal, there'd be no... Sound uh, checks, or...? Sound checks, not at all, we never even heard of it. Lucky to have a microphone to plug into <laughs> No, no kind of key reins or anything like and I'd say to John when he come on the stage he'd say I'll do such a song and I'd say what key and he'd say key of E you see and E was very popular with him and he'd say it's down there kind of pointing down like very funny but in actual fact is one night he came on and at the time now there was a song called The Golden Silver Days it was written by Pete St. John yeah beautiful song yeah. beautiful song yeah. As a matter of fact, I still do it myself, but in actual fact, got that in a week anyway, I heard the song and I rehearsed the song myself at home, you know, to my best of my ability. And I said, God, this is a new song now for Dunmore, you know. And I suppose it was the second song. I just always go on and I'd sing maybe four or five songs maybe at the beginning. And anyway, it's the second song I sang was the Golden Silver Day, as you say. And I saw John standing at the door. No, we had no contact as such because he travelled probably that night with Sean, you know. And he was standing at the door, where they just keep the battles, that was the dressing room at that time. And he was standing at the door, and when he heard me singing the song, his kind of head dropped a bit like, and he came on anyway with the guitar, and he said, see, you stole my song. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. And I said, I, I talked to you after, you know. What does he say? I spent the whole week to see rehearsing that song. That's to say, I won't say what he said when I heard you. <laughs> I, I can't say it in radio what he said to me. Yeah, I can imagine what it was. You know, yeah. but it wasn't filthy at all, but it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was funny. Um, that's the type of fellow he was. Also, while putting this two-part programme together, we assembled some of John's favourite songs, and then we noticed that one was missing. To present a programme, not to mind to say two programmes, on the singing fireman without playing this song, I believe would be close to a major broadcasting crime. Thankfully, we were able to put this right, and here is that song. Combines and New Zealand nothing's full of glee. Famous for all, sure they'd make your heart thrill. All the boys, they won't have the girls, they will charm you. Here's luck to us and the boys up there Now come boys and spend the day with our Harrier Club so gay. The cry of the hunter, they'd make your heart thrill. And when you'll hear Quinn say, Challenger has won today. Here's up the marks and the boys up there Combines up to our club and from there to dance all of them Round us in gallons the poor herbal flow. We 
we'll drink a hell to die in his race, and we'll tap another half tears. Here's luck to all who's the by the fair hill. Now come up to well for a pint of pure spring water, the brandest place of all, sure the angels do say. Where thousands come from all the foam, just to view the blinding stone, evergreen bound to the by the fair hill. Come by and spend the day with our ball player so gay. The last of the bouncer could make your heart thrill. And when you'll hear the shave, I say, Timmy Delaney won today. Here's up for miles and the by the fair hill. So come by and you'll see lads and lassies full of glee. Famous for all, sure they'd make your heart thrill. Oh, the boys, they won't harm you. The girls, they will charm you. Here's up the miles and the boys of Fairfield. Oh, the Rockies thought that they were stars till they met the saints in bar. Here's up the miles and the boys of Fairfield. And the black bull hens don't lay tall when they live, they lay them small. Here's up the miles and the boys of Fairfield. The singing fireman John O'Shea with the famous Boys of Fairhill. Coming up in part three of programme two in just a few minutes. There was a neighbour of mine, Billy Flynn, and Billy and John were great friends. And he always credited Billy Flynn that he taught him how to drive properly. Now, that was surprising coming from a man that drove the fire engines, you know, because John was an excellent driver, excellent driver. But he would drive his own car like you drive a fire engine. 